WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Smoky eye because the mind's on fire. Break glass and pass the axe skyward. Stole the satellites, drone versus battle kites. Here goes the next past life. There's a speaker in a deep pool. At the heart of the mind, the winds are saying birds on. To the back of the line, the digging is fine. Let's get the third shift on. From newsounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. Quick journalism lesson to start. When you're writing a story, the most important facts or the big idea, that's called the lead, spelled L-E-D-E. -E. And naturally, you want to start with that. Now, if you go hemming and hawing and messing around for a few sentences before getting to that big idea, that's called burying the lead. And it's just not, you know, it's just not considered very good writing. So if the singer, rapper, and writer Dessa is here to play songs from her new album called Bury the Lead, I'm going to want that to be the very first thing I... Oh, well, hell... Anyway, Dessa is here, and she is going to start us off with a song that stares into the face of a world on fire and goes careering straight to the dance floor. It's called Hurricane Party. Feel the kiddie pool, up with bro cycle, get the LEDs on, need the spectacle, gotta beat the one last week, let's get a record. If you try to be a go-getter, you gotta go and get it. Desperate times. Desperate pleasures, some legitimate headlines, mostly cries for attention. The camera speeds, copyrighted to read, ought to be a good night. Well, I've been three, two, fuck man, busting on the high It's a hurricane, a hurricane party, and days every other Wednesday. Live girls dance, dead men float. A hurricane party, gold dust checks in the party. DJ says, don't hold back. Looks like someone leaked the password. Too much tea to clean up. Great disaster. Campaign manager comes, walks it backwards, but he's the one who tipped TV. Clever bastard. Shots fired in the echo chamber. Ricka, ricochet. The other side puts kids in danger. No matter what they're arguing, that's what they always say. In front of the parade. Girl spins a baton. And leader conducts. With the corn and the cob, the new sound. Cause everybody out on the lawn composed for French horn cash register mops. It's a hurricane, hurricane party. And days every other Wednesday. Live girls dance, dead men float. A hurricane party, gold dust, sex and party. DJ says don't hold back because the water won't. Okay. 
broke the chain letter Too much bad luck to try to get away with it One more plague Nobody goes to recess Chatbots away Take out your paper pieces Longhand Give me an essay on the living conditions And I was written by the straw man Housing shot up Looking for a saw plan Do I think comes to Give the goddamn Looking for a few recruits To do what must be done So if you got the heart and a pair of good boots, meet me at the Fuka by Forever 21. It's a hurricane, hurricane party, and days every other Wednesday. Live girls dance, dead men float. A hurricane party, go dust, sex, and party. DJ says don't hold back because the water won't. That is Dessa with a live performance of Hurricane Party from her new record called Bury the Lead with Aviva J and Joshua Holmgren helping out on vocals. Joshua's also playing keyboard and backing tracks and our piano and saxophone. Aviva's got a little harp here with her. And Dessa, it's great to have you back. <laughs> and I'm just here empty-handed with a cup of tea. <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> what am I here? doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> so, um... There are songs on this record that are rapped. Yeah. There are songs that are sung. But there are also songs where you're kind of on that line, you know? And it yeah. seems like uh, a lot of the rhythms, the rhyming schemes, the rhythm of the words, you know, it, it could go either way. I think seems. so, too. You know, even um, the two producers with whom I've worked on this record and on past ones, Laserbeak and Andy Thompson, when we would count on our fingers how many rap songs were on the record, we wouldn't always arrive at the same number. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's right yeah. on the line. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, you, you are a co-producer of this record, which is something you started with Laserbeak the last time out with Chime, right? Let me see if you can hear me dust my own shoulder off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's been five years since Chime, and I know, it, you know we've spoken since then yeah. about the, that great record with the Minnesota Orchestra. But So w- what's been... What's been going what on? Have I been doing? Just napping. No, I mean, I, I admit that I, <laughs> you've hit a nerve and that I am not as precious about full-length records as opposed to other song suites. Like, I think sometimes you've got a collection of songs, you know, whether it's sonically or uh, thematically, that warrant, like, five songs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's three, you know? And, and I think that the fact that we don't kind of count the in-between stuff is a drag. So during the pandemic, I did this singles project where I wanted to put out a record, right, and then once a month to kind of have something to look forward to. Right. And so we collected that and put it out, you know, a couple of years ago. So, yeah, we've still been, I've still been making music um, in the interim, but I haven't been pressing it on full length, you know, 12-inch vinyl right. and a full 35-minute play every time. And, so. and writing as well? keeping up with that not as much as i should john but yes slowly and surely i've been like uh working on a collection of poetry okay so the album is called bury the lead what is the lead here and and how buried is it okay so i like that phrase in part because i'm i'm a sucker for any like vocational slang and Uh i like the romanticism of journalists and writing is just a tireless fascination for me but also I think, you know, this record written kind of in the shadow of the pandemic um, and also, you know, these kind of like constant looming threats on every horizon, you know, every time you turn on the news. Um, The buried lead, I think, of a lot of human art is like the sublimated desire at its core to like, hey, do you like me as much as I like you? And are you also afraid of death? Mm. (laughs) And I think that, you know, a, a search for connection, for communion and kind of the the morbid awareness that follows us all around like 
like rain clouds on leashes just by virtue of being intellectual mortals, you know? Um, I think death, sex, love, and connection are the buried leads, yeah. I would say that that lead is not so buried on this record because okay. once you get past Hurricane Party, yeah. the opening track, I mean, we really are, in, yes, the world's on fire, you know, the the kind of things falling apart imagery, you have it in Hurricane Party, it comes back, it kind of casts a looming shadow over Long Wave as well. Start to guard dog and see what hunger does. But most of the other songs are about things falling apart on a personal, on an interpersonal <laughs> level, it seems. Exactly what you said, you know, do, do you like me as much as I like you? And, yeah. you know, what is this thing that we're, what is this situationship and where is it going and all that kind of I mean, of but stuff. even, okay, so Charles Simic, the poet who passed re- in the past few years, yeah. I think, but yeah. I, I remember him talking about like, yo, even when nations are at war and you're living, re- you know, really like in air raids, people still have crushes. You know what I mean? And there are still weirdo adventures <laughs> under the bridge to be had by, you know, seven, six-year-old boys looking for, a, 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 you know, some trouble. So I think that idea that, like, even as we are facing existential threats collectively, like, we're still falling in, out, and through love personally. Yeah. yeah. Did you set out, having said what you were talking about before, about shorter sets of songs, mm-hmm. did you set out to make an LP? I admit that I was thinking more EP, but I think, like, I'm not a runner. I'm not even a jogger. But I think that probably a lot of people, like, are like, you know what? I'm going to do a 5K. And then they're like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to do 10. <laughs> it was like that. I was like, I'm going to do a couple songs. I'm going to do an EP. And then Laserbeak, my co-producer, and Becky, my manager who's here, was like, cool story. Maybe you could write four more and have it be a freaking LP. So <laughs> I, I sort of you know, intentionally wore blinders for most of the process so as not to get kind of too caught up on what the end product would be. Yeah. But for me, I know it's not sexy, but I've, I've always been more of a song person than I'm a record person as far as like the quantum unit of art as I consume it. Right. It's more song-based. Yeah. Okay. Um, did it occur to you that you were writing really short songs? Only a couple of these tunes crack the three-minute mark. I am a miniaturist in all things but my shoe size. Like, I love <laughs> tiny little meals. I love tiny little bells and tiny bottles of hot sauce. You know, I have tiny Tupperware. Like, I like small things. And I think I think for songs, although I'm game to have the discussion and, and reconsider my position, I think for songs, almost every time, I'd much rather have somebody hitting rewind than skipping the outro and leaving yeah. somebody with a little bit less than they want. You know what I mean? Keeps them, keeps them coming back for a second listen. Um, but I admit also that as the songwriter, you're so familiar with the chorus by the time you're in the recording mode that I, I think there can be a risk sometimes of like, yo, I've told this joke too many times, the magic's right. worn off, and Laserbeak's like, yo, that chorus, give it to him one more time. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll go back and forth a little bit at the end of the process. Well, so. I mean, one of the things about short songs is they, they, they almost seem like snapshots, you know, like, like little character studies. And I agree. There's kind of a vignette quality to them. And I also think that some genres and production styles can kind of hold in a constructed way the weight of four minutes and five minutes differently. And so the stuff that I'm writing, um, I think it works pretty well at about three, 
you know, okay. with some exceptions. But I think I think three minutes serves it well. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Aviva has strapped on her harp, which I know it's not a big harp, but she's standing there waiting to play this thing. <laughs> so, um, uh, so this is now going to be kind of a an unplugged version of Blush that we're going to hear, right? Yeah, exactly. So on the record, Blush is a really produced song. Yeah. But, um, my, my touring bandmates and I, so Aviva J on harp and vox and Joshua Holmgren on keys and sax and tracks, um, I think we were probably just in a rehearsal and trying to run our vocals, you know, and that can be easier to do with kind of a stripped back performance. Right. So you can hear your voices. And it was like, yo, that that rules. And then Andy Thompson, you know, who had helped with some of the production was like, I like that version. So. All right. Let's hear it. Okay, this... I'm going to turn to face my bandmates. Okay. The album is called Bury the Lead, and there is a very different sounding version of this song on it. But here's a live performance of Blush. like it when I wear my hair down, but I say that way it just gets in my eyes. You say that's exactly what you like so much. I think that sums us up sometimes. I'll be your favorite me, mostly carefree. Laughs easily, but what you can't see in my routine is how hard it gets to keep the heartbeat clean. I can see the problem clearly. Clearly, I can see the simple fact is that you like me in theory. Clearly, I like you back in practice. I'm a moon for you. Give you just the good side. Save you all the best lines. Sometimes I wish that I was immune to you. Could see you and go right by. Could pull myself away from your high tide. And I'll be fine again by morning, right? I set a timer to remind myself Nights are just sentimental for me Why? Of all of the people on the planet Can't think of anybody else I know we're supposed to keep it light But no one can pick their appetite So I think I'm done up on the tightrope I want a love that feels like more than just My beauty, my anger, my sadness All anchored To the bone, to the bone. You can't take some and leave some. I'm this way for a reason. You gotta love it all or let it all go. But there's room for two. We could share a flashlight. You and me by a landslide every time. But if it's too
That is Blush, live performance from Dessa and her touring band of a song from her new record called Bury the Lead. And boy, you know, it really, that version, stripped of all the production, uh, the the emotional, there's a kind of vulnerability to the the character in in a lot of these songs. uh, I heard it on Chime as well back in 2018. It seems like, Dessa, that, you know, early on, you were more of an observational songwriter mm. and, and have more recently, you know, it's it's become like, well, I'm not seeing this in a character. I'm seeing this in me. Oh, man. Uh, uncomfortably <laughs> called out. Yes. I think that that's true. I think if I'm like, if I if I were to reframe it in a way that is flattering to me, I would say, <laughs> I think that initially... I had something to prove with my writing and I hope that in these songs I also have something to say where I'm less worried about cultivating a particular impression in a listener. Ooh, she's smart. She's capable, which is was a big part of the first, you know, half of my career. Yeah. Um proving you have a place, proving that you deserve to be on stage, that you deserve to be behind a mic, that you deserve the studio time, you know, and that makes sense. And now like on some songs, dropping my shoulders and my guard a little bit and saying, hey, I'm not quite as worried as trying to create a particular impression in a listener as I am trying to, like, open a window. Although there are still songs like Decoy, which has a fabulous line, when the magic's on me, I can't miss. Flex. I'm not even sure what that means. (laughs) But I just love love the line. (laughs) I I, I do kind of know what it means without being able to articulate. Poetry, right? right? Kind of is enough. Exactly, yeah. I've lived and died but revived like this. That game you taught me how to play. I wanted, moved out east and I stayed hungry. And when the magic's on me, I can't miss. I can't miss. But in some senses, like the key track on the album would have to be What If I'm Not Ready, you know, with with its combination of a rapped verse and a sung chorus, but also this kind of sense of a hard shell cracking and revealing what's underneath. Hair tucked up in a Lakers cap, flipped a lucky in a soft pack, smoked at last. Walking down the yellow line, go ahead and write your traffic ticket. I thought I was hard as fuck, I thought I was on a mission. Jump cut to the present day, still got the same sharp tone, same long face. Right. It's my problem. I know that's right, but that don't solve it. I think so. I mean, I think also, you know, at the beginning of my career, the line between like an indie hip hop backpack rap genre and pop, there, there was it was so firmly drawn and so mm. impassable, you know. And so we we listened to pop secretly when we weren't in the van, you know. And <laughs> and I think that the that the appeal of pop music, like a strong melody, something that you can sing along to, production that's that invites you in, maybe that invites your body to move, I think all of that is so widely universal. Excuse me, widely, you know, it, the appeal is so strong. The magnet is, has such pull. But some of the conventions of pop music, I'm less sold on. Like, I yeah. think a lot of times people do assume that the, that the lyrics really have to appeal to this, like, lowest common denominator, which in actual fact isn't that low you know like people will tolerate great metaphor intelligent lyrics you know extended figurative language there's no reason that you can't dance to that too and so 
So yeah, I think on this record, like hedonism without turning off your head was part of the objective. As, as you sing in Hurricane Party, desperate times call for desperate pleasures. Um, so what has changed? I mean, from the early days where as a woman in hip hop, you felt you had to kind of stake your claim to your place and, you know, pop was something that you, you, you know, hid away what what how has that changed yeah I, mean, I think I think in some ways I hope like I've matured as an artist I also think the world has changed around us and, and in some great ways and some lousy ones but you know at the beginning of my career um, when I would first take the mic when we were abroad which wasn't often but like if we were in London and mm -hmm. I grabbed the mic for my verse there would be this huge bloom of largely unearned applause because the assumption had been that I was the dancer <laughs> So no one's being mean, right? Like right, no one's like, I right. hate women. Like they're right. like, oh, shoot, it's dope. She has a mic. <laughs> but that's such a different universe than what we're living in now. Like there's no, that would not, like we don't usually call people fly girls anymore, yeah, you know? Yeah. And um, and so now I think. But there's a long, the, the canary in the 1930s and 40s, you know, the, the girl singer that would be in front of the big band. A hundred. And so I think, I think similarly, for the first decade of my music making, I was a little bit shy to ever only do a song that was sung because there was this presumption in rap music that that was sort of frosting, that that was a decorative feature moment instead right. of like an integral member of the project. Right. And so I was kind of being mindful of audience perceptions in a way that had more to do with society than it did with music making. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. All right. So... Um, Tell Me Again is the name of the song you're going to do next. And uh, we're going to go back to like full on production here, right? Yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, this, I think this is probably the danciest one that I've been a part of. So. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear a live performance from Dessa and her crew from the album Bury the Lead. This song is called Tell Me Again. Touch, but out of reach, you know me. I always did like hide and see this crush.
Again, the song from Dessa with, uh, once again, Joshua Holmgren playing the sax and keyboard and uh, Aviva J on backing vocals as well. And so with with the kind of post-disco and call-out to 80s electro, uh, synth pop and all, all that kind of stuff, this would have been like verboten early in your career? Is that what... I mean, I think it's hard to pull off. Yeah, I think every <laughs> once in a while I would sneak a pop song in. But yeah, you're right. Like, it, it's a big change. Um, I don't think I've ever asked you that. Where, where, what is the derivation of the name Dessa? It means wander in Greek. Wander is my last name, but I admit I didn't know that when I picked it. It was a book that I'd read by Wally Lamb. Well, that's that. That was a, a coincidence. Completely. Yeah. That is so weird. Yeah. So. I wondered if maybe it was like a variant of Tess or Tessa or something like that. Okay. At at Starbucks, yes. At <laughs> yeah, Starbucks. Right. <laughs> Um, I'm going to ask this question. I already know the answer because the lyrics of the song kind of give it away. But have you ever been to Rothko Chapel in Houston? I have indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the album ends with this lovely song called Rothko, which has, you know, you're, you're in there and again, questioning what is this thing that you and I are in? Was this just an excuse to end a song with an, an anthemic chorus on the word cadmium? <laughs> uh, okay. I, uh, I admit that there was a couple. There are a couple of lines on this record that I've been walking around with in my back pocket for a lot of years. Yeah, and I've tried to name almost everything that wasn't bolted down in my apartment cadmium red at some point. <laughs> Uh, but that, that is, it's a remarkable place, isn't it? I mean, you know, to, to be in the presence of a room full of Rothko paintings. And there, yeah, there, you know, for, for people who haven't, who haven't gone, it's completely silent. Um, and there are these just huge, you know, Rothko works in scale, right? So these huge canvases, all black. And I had been taken, but I think what is an apophrical, oh, help me. Apocryphal? Thank you. Apocryphal <laughs> um, anecdote about Rothko 
in a play that was created about him where essentially, you know, he's talking about mortality and, you know, the the big oncoming darkness for all of us. And he says something to the effect of like, my biggest fear is that black overtakes red. And so sitting in, you know, surrounded on all sides by these enormous black canvases, it felt like, oh shit, this is my opportunity to use cadmium. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I was there actually with kind of a, yeah, a, a person for whom I had feelings and had feelings for me. And I thought, you know, this is also like a, a secular church in a lot of ways. Yes. So that idea of what is this between us was the question that was bouncing off every wall. Like, what is this between us for the non-prayers that are happening between these secular chapel goers, between maybe empty heaven, you know, and then between me and this cute dude. So, Well, and, you know, sometimes to go back to the, the title, Bury the Lead, sometimes you bury the lead deliberately for dramatic effect. Yes, you do. Yes. And... You know, it, it's, it feels like when you get to the end of the record that, ah, here's the nut. <laughs> There's the big idea. We choose which fools to suffer. Um, it's great stuff, and great to have you back performing live. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Dessa and the album called Bury the Lead. Irene Trudell is our technical director. Karen Havlick was uh, down the hall running video uh, while producing the show. I'm John Schaefer. You can keep up with everything we're doing on New Sounds by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter. Text New Sounds to 70101 or sign up on the website at newsounds.org. But you and I-